Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Something that a lot of women deal with is when a man does not want to commit. And uh, I'll talk about this today. Before that, please do subscribe. Most recent subscriber episode was on responsive desire versus zero desire and what uh, responsive desire really looks like uh, and why that should prevent your wife ever having to say, are you done yet? a common uh, thing that women say that is hurtful. Anyway, um, so a lot of times women come into therapy because either a man won't commit to them and they're very upset about it. They've done all this research on attachment and of course they are the preoccupied attachment partner and the man is the avoidant partner. And um, many times they can't get him to commit, which is a real world concern, you know, because they want to move forward in their lives and whether that's get married, have kids, etc, etc. And um, also, then there are many women who come in after the man has committed, after having originally been in such a scenario, but the man has committed, whether or not he's officially married to them, they at least do have children, they live together, but they're unhappy because he never really did it. You know, he didn't even really propose. If he did, it was kind of, um, his back was against the wall. She had given him some sort of ultimatum. And he's not, he just is not as into the relationship as her peers, uh, husbands are, or at least that's what she perceives. So this problem still didn't go away despite her having told herself that it would go away if, if he at least um, said that he was uh, committing and, um, you know, got did all the stuff, got, the, you know, her pregnant and supports her and not that she doesn't work, but, you know, they may have mingled their finances or not. Whatever it is that she was telling herself would make it worth it and would be an okay proxy for deep commitment. Guess what? Lo and behold, did not turn out to be. Uh, and she still is very envious and sad when seeing other people who are more wholly committed to their partners, particularly men that treat the women very well and seem to put the wives um, on a pedestal or at least are very openly committed to them. So how do you get into such a situation? Well, you got to look into your earliest life, right? And it's, it's very usual for people in this situation, women who are struggling in this situation, to recognize that one parent, especially the mother, but sometimes the father, was the wistful, constantly yearning parent who never got their needs met. Very frequently, these girls come from situations where the mother never got treated very well, never got treated very romantically, so it's almost like they can't even imagine what it would look like, except on television, for a woman in real life to get treated with a loving, romantic, committed uh, emotion, you know, like they just cannot really imagine it because they didn't see it. And sometimes it's the man, their father was always yearning for more love from their mother and their mother was the more cold one or the more ambivalent one about, about love. 
So either way, they saw a pursuer distancer dynamic in the home, and that's what feels very familiar. And in order to heal themselves, what they're trying to do subconsciously is find a man who doesn't want to commit and make him commit. This would fix everything in their mind and truly probably would because, um, you know, of what I talk about with reparenting and healing yourself. So they are correct. If they were able to make this magic happen, then they would feel better. You know, I mean, if they were really able to take the Mr. Cold doesn't want to get married guy and somehow magically transform him into Mr. Loving committed guy, well, you know what, it really would make their life better. The problem is it's not going to happen. And so what they're doing is they're putting themselves into situations where they are bound to get hurt and they continue to confirm their belief that men are terrible and they never commit and they're cold and they're difficult and they're selfish and they're distant and they're avoidant. All that really is being shown is that the men that they're drawn to are this way. Obviously, as you're aware from listening to this podcast, which hopefully was transformative for many women that struggle with this, there were just as many dudes who are preoccupied attachment. And that's kind of a mind fuck, you know, for women who have always thought that males are the more avoidant ones. Yes, frequently they're more avoidant. The ones that are insecure, the majority are secure, as I've talked about. The largest category, 50%, is securely attached people in the world. But after that is avoidant, and there are more avoidant men than women, and after that is preoccupied. But there's millions, then, of of people in pursuer-distancer relationships where the man is the pursuer. And I frequently um, talk to those men and even have podcasts about the preoccupied attachment husband, to stop caring so much what your wife thinks, etc., etc., So you really got to look in at this situation very clearly. I am here to tell you for all that you, you may really trust me. You know, you listen to me all the time. You should. I've got a lot of uh, expertise. (laughs) I've worked with a lot of people and hundreds and hundreds of people by now. And the, the point is, you're never going to be happy. If even one woman uses this as, a, as an epiphany, it'll be great. You are never going to be happy with a man you have to convince to marry you. You are never going to be. I'll tell you something. You may have heard this story. You may have heard it from like your grandmother, your mother. It used to be the case. Times change, man, right? So it used to be the case that it would be okay. Honestly, it would be okay for a woman, let's say in the 50s, maybe even the 60s, 70s, to, um, I mean, shit, I look at uh, movies from the 80s now, it looks like fucking, uh, I don't even know, it looks like I'm watching like a scene in Fiddler on the Roof when I look at stuff from the 80s, and I was a child in the 80s, so that was a long fucking time ago by now, so maybe even in the 80s, the Molly Ringwald era, it would, it could still work out if you convinced a man to marry you, it could, you know why? Because it was um, it was a different time. It was a time where that could still be thought that men want to sow their wild oats and then like if you wait around and then the guy commits to you eventually, that could be a good story and you have many girlfriends with the same story. Men are not supposed to be very emotionally aware anyway and they're supposed to provide you with a certain life, including babies. And if you get that end game, then you're a success. All right, fine. That, that used to be the, the societal norms that we lived with. No longer. No longer are those the societal norms that we live with. Now, all you have to do is log into social media and you are going to see men 
that are fucking talking to the camera about all the epiphanies that they have had about how to be a better partner emotionally to their wives. So given those comparison points, you are never in this generation going to be happy with a man that you have to convince to marry you. It's no longer um, on trend. It, it isn't. It used to be that there were books, and I mentioned this before, but I have this book. I got it at a thrift store decades ago already. Betty Cornell's Guide to Being a Popular Teenage Girl or something like that. In this time, and all the way maybe up through the rules, remember the rules in the 90s? Maybe even through then, it was considered, all right, you gotta, you, you gotta be a little manipulative. Both men and women. Dating is like uh, this jungle and you got to like you it was also the era of a lot of um you know uh etiquette you know like a, a lot of rules in general about male female interactions and it was considered that men act one way women act another way and yes women are going to be the ones that are you know driving any sort of commitment because they want a baby you know and then that's pretty much what they do with their lives is they have a baby it's not like that anymore it is not like that anymore so if you have been been inculcated in a certain belief system by your parents and by your family in general, and you think that somehow it's all going to work out when you get your babies, it's not because you're going to be constantly comparing the guy that you have to beg to hang out with you because that's who he turns into. After you beg him to marry you, you're going to be begging him to hang out with you. You're going to be comparing that dude to all the dudes out there that like to be in relationships and are the ones that are planning dates and are the ones who are fucking reading the book recommendations on attachment theory that I recommend. Things have changed. What else do I always talk about? You have 20 zillion thousand, and that is a scientific number, more options now than your grandmother and your mother did, right? So they may have had to literally, like, meet the person on their block who is the only other single person of an opposite gender in their 20s, you know, but or their teens. But that's not your life. So you do not have to think that there are, like, that, that, that there's a limited amount of guys in the world. There are not. If you are with a guy who does not want to be with you, there are going to be thousands of, of, of other options right literally from your smartphone if you are using a dating app. Now, you could say, but somehow, you know, and an, a, a person with some insight would say this, they would say, somehow, though, I managed to find all the ones that don't want to commit. Listen, good point, good point. Couldn't have said it better, right? You need to get into therapy. If you have even two of these under your belt of men that don't want to commit to you, that you're always begging to hang out with you, that you're always begging to change, that you're always begging to be nice to you in some way or another, that never exactly meet up to the standards of what a reasonable woman would want, you know, a reasonable woman standard of like, you know, somebody who remembers your birthday, gives a shit, has an eye on committing in the future future, if you're in a long-term relationship, looks toward that with some sort of enthusiasm. If, 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 if basically all women would say that the guys that you've dated have been kind of assholes, you then you 100% need to be in therapy because 100% you will do it again. I don't care how many apps you have access to. I could give you a million dudes and you're going to pick the avoidant ones. But that could change. And the reason that that is how it is is because your self-esteem is so low and because you have believed all these things that you hear growing up, multiple stories. A, that there's a scarcity of available men, which is not the case anymore. More and B, that like a, a woman's uh, job is to make an avoidant man love her. That's not true either. 
at all. So you're going to have to work on this belief system, which is truly no longer relevant in today's society. Maybe it was more so years ago. Years ago, more so it really was. So if you listen to stories from your parents, which all these little sensitive girls do, you know, they're especially the oldest daughter. Man, does she get a lot of stories. And if the parents happen to be dysfunctional, then she hears a lot of dysfunctional stories. So she's hearing all these dysfunctional stories about, like, a mother who's saying, yeah, your father drinks and he's, you know, he hits me. But you know what? Uh, I wasn't that pretty. And, you know, he was the only guy who was around. And shit, if you look at like your mother, then you're like, my God, me too. I'm not that great either. So I have to put up with this guy that really doesn't give much of a shit about our relationship. That is how girls are inculcated into having low self-esteem. Frequently, it's by a low self-esteem mother who's really doing her best to pass on her hard-won wisdom, which is basically life sucks for us women. I'm not so great. By extension, you're not so great because you're like me. Even if she believes that the daughter is better than her, she's still going to pass on the idea that women like us aren't really that great and we have to take what we can get in this world. And, you know, at least I got my family. And that may be said explicitly or implicitly, but it's said a lot more often than people think, especially men. This should all be new info to any men that are listening. You know, a lot of women are just given this belief system that, you know, there's not a lot of good men out there. There's really, uh, most of them are assholes. The best you could do is kind of get one that doesn't have an active addiction, has some sort of a job, and doesn't overtly treat you like shit. And um, and, and then in that case, you got to kind of wait around, hope for the best, and possibly be a little bit cajoling, and then maybe he'll commit to you. If you're lucky, then you can get to have a husband and children. This is still, in 2022, something that is, um, that is basically taught to women implicitly, if not explicitly. So those women grow up, and, they, and when there is a guy who treats them like shit, they're like, oh, I see. Everybody was right. He is the one that I'm supposed to marry. And, but I'm going to be better than what I grew up hearing about. I'm going to get him finally to love me. This is the only sort of man that exists, and I'm going to get this one one though to love me at least a little bit so at least a little bit first means that he's going to maybe not cheat on you flagrantly then he's going to cheat on you a little bit less than maybe not at all and then maybe you could somehow wrangle him into marriage and then somehow into kids And you know what happens then? You're going to get some more self-esteem. You're going to look around you at the world, which, as I told you, is now way chock full of emotionally aware men. And you are going to be like, what the fuck did I settle for? Why did I undersell myself so much? What's wrong with me? And what are my children learning about marriage from this marriage? Where their father is not even a little bit committed in a romantic sense, only in the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law and barely gives a shit about anything that I care about. And then, then you're going to have to deal with a divorce. And that's not good for your kids. So get out ahead of that now and start working on your self-esteem. And so if you work on your self-esteem, then you'll be attracted to a whole bunch of other guys. This is true. Because sometimes women are like, what if I'm just attracted to assholes? I even have one of my earliest podcasts about that. Uh, My boyfriend is a jerk and I've realized I'm only attracted to jerks. It was something like that. And um, if you work on your self-esteem, the guys that treat you like shit, they're going to be like, it's like a joke. 
It's like you, you'll be making fun of them in your head. You, if, you, if you really work on your self-esteem and you go on a date with a narcissist, he's not going to make you excited anymore. It's not going to be like, oh my God, maybe I could change him. You'd be like literally trying to remember shit that he says to tell to your girlfriends and be like, who is this jackass? You know, why did this jackass think that he could talk down to me? Truly, you can deeply change yourself and your perspective if you change your self-esteem. So if you are with a man that says he doesn't want to commit to you, the only right response is to get out of the relationship. That is the only right response. That's the only healthy response. Had you grown up with parents in a better marriage or particularly a mother who had higher self-esteem and trained you to have higher self-esteem, this would be a no-brainer. You would not have spent six days with this guy, never mind six months or six years. So the only response is to get out of the relationship if you are not married and you're trying to beg him to marry you. The, uh, get into therapy get out of the relationship. The relationship is, a, is not a relationship. It's one person trying to make a relationship. It's basically like a ventriloquist and a ventriloquist dummy. And the preoccupied attachment woman, you, is playing both parts. It's like, I love you. And then the sock the pop, puppet says, I love you. But is he really saying I love you or are you making him say I love you? You're probably implicitly making him say I love you. It's not like he doesn't on some level love you, but he doesn't love you enough. He doesn't love you nearly enough for what you deserve and for what later you will realize that you deserve. So you best to get out now before this before you really get pregnant or or get sick. Sometimes I see that like you get like a a, a HPV scare or something. And then guess what? Guess who drives you to the hospital? Oh, it's him. So then you trauma bond to him over this. And then holy shit, you know, guess what? In a moment of weakness, he agreed that you should get married. And then you end up miserable because you know that you coerced him into getting married and that you were vulnerable. And maybe he felt bad for you. And the whole thing did not go according to plan anyway, because the plan was something that could never have happened. And I've seen this thing happen, by the way. Like, you literally, like, all you have to do is, like, break your leg or something. I mean, it could be even less. Like, you could get, like, a, a, a mosquito bite that you think, God forbid, is Lyme disease, right? So you're feeling very vulnerable physically. And then he's there. So then you're so pathetic looking. He, even he who is avoiding attachment feels bad for you. Somehow this scare manifests in like you begging him to commit and him finally capitulating. And then somehow you're engaged. I see this happen over and over and over. People diminish the role of like health concerns or the other one that I see, somebody dies. Somebody dies. So you're with Mr. Avoidant Attachment and then all of a sudden a family member dies. And so again, you're some pathetic creature in that situation situation. He feels bad for you. And so he commits finally. Well, what a booby prize that one turned out to be because he committed in a moment of weakness, but he's still the same avoidant guy. So before something strikes, some sort of illness, death, etc., that makes you then somehow marry this guy, get out of Dodge now and work intensively in therapy so that you could get to a place where you genuinely respect yourself and you do not even entertain the idea of marrying a man that is not a hundred percent on board with marrying you that is your pep talk from me and if you if it sounds very very scary 
okay, you should listen to it again then. That's what we do with exposure therapy, with things that are scary. And you can use it as your launch pad to reach out for therapy from somebody. Of course, I have people that work for me, but there's a million people in the world that can help you with self-esteem. Honestly, most therapists at this point are women in their 30s that would love to help a woman struggling with being attracted to emotionally unavailable guys. This like every therapist wants to help you with that. So it's really not a niche sort of thing. So that is something that you can look for. And then you could say, I did something for myself today. Even if I couldn't bring myself to break up with the guy, maybe I got into therapy. Or if I'm already in therapy, maybe I understand new, anew what I have to work on. What I have to work on is bolstering my self-esteem so that I can finally see what I know is true in my heart, which is that I shouldn't be with this guy. All right, hopefully uh, my ladies got something out of this and I will talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.